Welcome to the worst nightmare of all. Reality. Explore the lesser-known stories of our unknown world. Join the pursuit of the paranormal with Ash and Greg. Good evening, good evening, good evening, Ash. How are you? How are you? Melting a little bit in Has you Have you recovered? <laughs> Have you recovered? I've just had another, like, three-hour nap. I think I'm still <laughs> getting there. So when we spoke last episode, last Tuesday, it was the day before Download Festival. Yes. Then you went to Download Festival off-grid, pretty much. Pretty much. Bare, bare signal. Um, in practically 30-degree heat with no shade. Yeah. Very, very hot Looking and melting. And I've seen videos of people doing this rowboat thing in a mosh pit or something like that. <laughs> it's good fun. It's good fun. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> it's a crazy thing. Um, yeah, nah, no, very, very busy. Uh, yeah. Days. Very hot. Very, very hot. Anyone in the UK, we know we've had a bit of a heat wave the, the oh. past week. And today again, it's been. It was thinking it's thirty-one in my car. Then it down to the shop early on. Just crazy heat. So I got in my car at the end of work today, half past four. Guess what the temperature was showing in there? At half four. Forty. Forty. Well, obviously hell. it wasn't forty degrees outside, but. Jesus. Fuck. We're not built for this, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like in the UK our homes are built to like trap the heat in. Yep, yep. So when it gets hot, like the heat has nowhere to escape, so it just <laughs> gets hotter and hotter. Yeah, rather that than being cold and wet, though, that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the minute, probably like nah. But yeah, if we had the choice, yeah, hot and sweaty rather than flooded out tents. Yeah, definitely. So this week, so last week it was the um, David Grush had come forward and it was a trailer and his sort of statement thing and it broke on debrief. Yeah, the article um, come out. The article come out by Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Keane. Yeah. Went a bit catastrophically worldwide. Like Say the whole the thing just exploded across everywhere. Daily Mail, obviously. Plus, um, everywhere, UFO Twitter was on fire, yeah. literally, literally on fire. Um, then you decide to go away, and as we discussed very briefly last night, when you go away, things happen. Always. And during your time away, the actual full interview came out, or an hour-long version of the interview came out of Ross Coulter, Yeah. Um, on News Nation. Um, we also had um, the Las Vegas UFO alien incident, <laughs> which we'll come yeah. on to. Yeah. And... We shall come on to that in a bit. We shall come on to that in a bit. Plus... Last night, so Monday in the UK, 
Stephen Greer also had like a press event where some whistleblowers were were at. Some more whistleblowers. Some more whistleblowers. So we'll come on to those with equally incredible stories to tell. So we'll we'll try and dissect all that in this episode. Plus, this evening, or this afternoon, this morning, whenever it came out, was the Weaponized podcast detailing what they knew about David Grouch because they met with David Grouch a long time ago. Hmm. So... You can tell me all about it. Fuck it. Honestly, we've got so much to do. We I mean, were supposed to record this last night, um, Monday night, ready to release today. But we had some weird stuff happen with my computer, which doesn't make sense. And I don't and know still what, what's happening. Still, still happening today. Just before we come, yeah. So what, what happened? Well, I was getting ready to jump on and record the interview. And my mouse, bear in mind... We literally record the episode, and I switched comp- then last week's episode we recorded, and I shut down the computer, ready to go on holiday the next day, next early morning or whatever, and everything worked fine, like it was totally fine. Turned the computer on last night for the first time in a week. No one's been in my house. No one else lives here apart from the partner who's with me. No one else has keys apart from the landlord. I don't think he's gonna be messing around with my computer. Um, and. The mouse wasn't working. Was the first thing that wasn't working. It's like the the left clicker wasn't clicking. I couldn't select anything. I had to try and use the computer to try and log on. So I used the computer keyboard. I put my password in. Then it was like it was a brand new computer. They come up like set up Windows. I was wow. like, what the fuck's this? It's like it's like three years old. They got shitloads of stuff on it. It's not a factory reset itself somehow. Uh, but then I couldn't do anything because I couldn't click any buttons. I couldn't work mm-hmm. out what to press on the keyboard to control like things on the keyboard. So I was like, fuck. So I just turned it off again uh, by just hard, hard, hard turn off with using the button. And I checked the mouse. So I took the top cover off the mouse off. And underneath the top cover, there's like two plastic bits for each clicker. I had the right and the left button. But the left-hand button clicker, it must have... There was nothing there. There was like... Should be a bit, a bit of plastic which goes into the hole that clicks. But this bit of plastic's not there. It wasn't inside the mouse or anywhere right near the computer. So the piece of plastic that was working the last time I touched it had broken, but isn't anywhere. It isn't like inside the mouse. It isn't on the desk, it's on the floor. It's just disappeared. So my mouse I can't click. So I'm trying to use a pen and stick it into the hole to try and click. I got the photo of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so trying to log on, trying to record. I was like, I'll be on in a minute. I can't get my mouse to work. Um, so yeah, my mouse was completely fudged. So I thought, so I tried to get on my phone. I thought, fuck it, we'll just record today. Give me a chance to try and get a computer to work <laughs> and get a mouse. So I got a new mouse today. So I've come to, to record like, literally 10 minutes ago. And my microphone wasn't working, so I checked the cable. And the cable's not plugged in. And the cable's not... It's, my mic's been plugged in probably over a year since I moved the computer to this position. And the plug, the USB, or whatever, the finger cable is around the front of the computer tower. Mm-hmm. But the cable was at the back. Unless it had physically come out and I had physically pulled the cable, which I hadn't even touched the cable in a year, 
there's no way it could have got out the front to the back of the computer. But the last time I touched it, it was working because we recorded and I hadn't touched the mic in a week. But it suddenly had unplugged itself and moved probably nearly a metre around the back of the computer. Well, So my mouse has been tampered with, <laughs> my microphone has been tampered with, and no one's been in, in, in the house for a week. So there's some spooky, many yeah. black stuff happening. That was, that was the thing we said many black last time. <laughs> they don't want you to get the word out, Ash. You know, either, too much. you're in too either, deep. Either men in black or the ghosts, Cyril, has uh, been messing. Yeah. He missed me while I was away. Maybe. Who knows? So Good just uh, chalk up as another <laughs> weird thing that happens when we're trying to record the podcast or get now, stuff done. That's what I can't explain at the minute how this lead. That's the main thing. With the mouse is weird, but the lead, that doesn't make sense at all. Because it's like, it's a long lead. It's There's loads of like loose cable. Mm. So if it's, a, if it's not like I pulled it and it's come round. It's just, I don't know. It's moved itself. That's weird. Anything else in the house seem to have moved? No. To be honest, it's a bit of a mess, so I don't know. <laughs> Quite I'm possibly. Getting, <laughs> I'm getting two uh, wardrobes delivered this week, so everything's out of the bedroom. is now in the lounge. <laughs> so the lounge is just like full of mess. But not near the computer, but yeah. over there. Ready to get the two wardrobes in there, but everything back in. Uh, so it's like in the middle of decorating. But... Yeah. Wow. So strange occurrence. Crazy start to the week. Yeah. Mm. Welcome back. That's what you get to go in and watching Slipknot. <laughs> Weird <laughs> shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was... So we were trying to record this last night, like you say, and it's probably best that we didn't, to be fair. And it, give, like you say, gives us an opportunity to sort of take a bit more time and digest what's been going on yeah, definitely. in the press. Because um, when you go away... It all all hell breaks loose. So we we did discuss it as well last night that um, you need to go away more often, and yeah. that disclosure is only happening because you keep going on all day. I I am the reason for disclosure, everybody. <laughs> Not to be narcissistic or anything, but it's all or, about you, Ash. <laughs> yeah, I'm not you an NPC. <laughs> But you are, are you an NHI? Potentially. Potentially. We, we could be. How, how would we know if we've been Exactly. Programmed? Yeah. Um, and that is a three-letter acronym uh, yeah. that has literally exploded across social media in the world in the last week, really, which stands for non-human intelligence. Yeah. So this is... A bit of a so we'll go to we'll talk about David Grouch then. So David Grouch comes forward, thirty-six-year-old, ex-military, high-level, high-ranking, and he is one of the advisors on the UAP task force. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked for lots of three-letter organisations, some of which I've never heard of. Uh, the National Geo Geospatial thing, yeah, that one <laughs> association, <laughs> something like, that. um, and has literally come out of nowhere in terms of 
publicity-wise. And I find it very interesting that somebody based on that level is sort of it literally just it appears to have just come out of nowhere. Yeah. Doesn't appear to want anything apart from getting his version of what's been happening out there. So this guy has got top level clearance for pretty much all access passes. He can speak to anybody about anything classified and he had the opportunity to talk to high-level people about high-level stuff, um, which mm. at 36 years old is quite an achievement, I would say, personally. I would expect somebody who's sort of like 40s, 50s, who's had a decorated career in the military, and their life is military, to be that person. So for somebody to come out, and this guy's well-spoken, He's very intelligent, clearly, very articulate. He knows a lot of stuff that someone like Ross Coulthard could probably pick apart. If you were faking it, you could probably get a few questions. But from what I heard on the interview, everything mm. he sort of said was made sense to me from what I know. Yeah, and Ross does say to him, like, are you lying? Yeah. Like, is this true? Or like, do you believe that? Which is probably a better, good way of wording is, mm. do you believe that this is true, that this is non-human, this is crash fuels, et cetera? Yeah. Um, obviously, before I go into that, like I say, he was, like, he co-led the UAP portfolio, and in his own words, he was trusted with the most intimate secrets, and that was why he was kind of picked to be part of the UAP. That's what us. Yeah. He says he was extremely high level cleared, which is odd choice of words. Um, so not, like I say, like last week, not totally sure on the exact wording or how it all works in the US military mm. and in the government. But my understanding is that there's obviously there's different levels of clearance that, mm-hmm. that you get, and that each level has a name or whatever. But he, he sort of worded it. Extremely high. So I saying I had this level of clearance. I had extremely high clearance rather than spin a bit ambiguous with yeah. the wording. That made that made just be me, but it just seems to be a bit like if they do have these different levels, like top secret, top top secret, whatever. Top, I mean, top you secret. See, you see it stamped on yeah on the documents. Like top top secret, blah, yeah. blah, blah. you have to have that clearance. So he just says I I had extremely high clearance. So what is that? What is that extreme high clearance? Was it mm-hmm. the top level? Was it a couple of levels down rather than being a bit? Yeah. Um, and and bit curious. And he says that the UAP task force had no access to the cross achievement program. Um, so not sure whether that was the task force itself or if he, as part of the task force, Ooh. did he not have access to that? Yeah, because I, I got from it that it, the UAP task force had been denied access to a large program. So, um, and that also comes up when we talk about Arrow as well. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, coming forward and whistleblowing about UAPs is one thing for definite. And that's kind of where we, where we've been, got whistleblowers talking about we know 
that there's um, objects in the sky, blah, blah, blah. But this, this interview was another level for me. This was, well, I'm not just talking strange things in the sky. We're talking, like you just mentioned, looking into crash retrieval. Part, so fully intact and partially intact craft. That either crashed or landed. Crashed and landed was a big thing for me. It's like, who the fuck is landing? Like, how's this all? This is not just what we're seeing, this tic-tac-shaped object or this this um, spherical ball is being seen over like Baghdad and all these different places. This is this is a whole nother level. Because if they're saying they've retrieved landed craft, so were they tracking it, saw it landed, had a team ready? But for the thousands of UFO sightings that are happening, mm-hmm. like which ones have they tracked or been aware of that were or have landed to then go and retrieve it, whatever retrieval means in this mm-hmm. process? It's like, obviously, something crashes, there's a crash site, it's going to be possible explosions and debris mm-hmm. and all this. But for the landed retrieval, that yeah, it was quite. That's quite a big, yeah, landed, big thing. landed, like you say, that that that's a whole nother, whole nother thing. So, and what does retrieval mean? That the question you just asked. What does that mean? Does that mean they've actually in one piece taken what they found? Back to places like Area 51. Did they know Those... it was going to land? Did they have some sort of communication from... That's the thing. And... Whoever. There... Yeah. <laughs> it, that in itself, the landed bit, is... I, I think it's been sort of not... I've been on Twitter, UFO Twitter. Is, it, it, that's a crazy place. It always has been. Mm. But... That is one thing that doesn't seem to... I haven't noticed anybody talking about that, Ash, was the landed aspect. How do we know it landed? When? At what point was it known to be landed? And like you mentioned, did they track it? And if they tracked it, then surely this whole like, NORAD thing where they've opened the the filters more for balloons that's that reeks a bit bit iffy now i'll be honest because if yeah, you're could... getting these things now yeah then how could they have tracked these things in the past to yeah know where they landed and what he doesn't hmm. say is he doesn't say how big these things were either so they could be small they could be fairly large but you would think We've had the technology to track these things for a long time. It's he claims he saw photographs and documents, but it's the one big thing about all of this is there's no actual evidence apart from his credentials and the fact that everybody says he's legit. He is who he says he is. That's one good thing. So you've got people like Bob Lazar that couldn't even prove that they worked anywhere because either records have been deleted and or he was lying 
personally, the more stuff that comes out now seems to reinforce what Bob Lazar was saying about crash retrieval and all these sports models and stuff like that, because that would only come from a landed craft. Mm. And, and and the point of sort of how how did they know something was landed? Because I, mm-hmm. I don't, this can maybe going off on a little bit of a tangent, but I mean, the whole Galactic Federation thing, I personally think that's all bullshit. Yeah, um, I love some Star Wars type Galactic Federation where all it's different bit... races talk to each other and, and all this stuff. But if we sort of talk about if we know they landed and we did get that communication that we knew something was going to be landing somewhere, we had that mm-hmm. advanced knowledge from wherever it came from. There's no mention of that in any of the sort of history or any of the people that come forward in the past that the US is in communication mm-hmm. with an NHI. It's always been like it's. We've got some of it that's come to air, but with no communication prior uh-huh. to, to that. So that kind of bit doesn't really tally up. No. On, on, on that side of it. It's completely, for want of a better word, alien to anything that we've had yeah. come forward before. And I think that's what it, it makes it even more unbelievable, but also believable because everybody's kind of thinking – have we ever been in communication? We must have. They, they're allowing us to do stuff or they're watching over us. It, it almost seems like it's inevitable that there has been some communication. Whether, and when we say non-human intelligence, that's a very, he never mentions extraterrestrials and he says he's not talking about extraterrestrial origin describes the origin as non-human intelligence so which is which is a good phrase because yes i and the more and more we we've spoken about this on pre on the round tables about where these things are from are they from here are they from our future that kind of thing the more we talk about it the less i think is from another planet the less i think is from mars of mm. an outer planet, the more I think it's from here. And that when I say here, he actually talks about it during the interview as extra dimensional. Yeah. And that's something that we've covered off many times is, again, it's a convenient box to tick because it answers a lot of questions. Yeah. But it also gives an answer of a, a credible answer because there are parallel universes scientists think due to quantum physics and stuff i really i'm out of my depth talking about head smashing stuff yeah but if there's a possibility that that stuff exists which these scientists believe it does um then it's not out of the realms of possibility that these nhis are, are from those places yeah, I mean, I say go back to NHI mm. again. It it's ambiguous. He says early on in the interview, he's not saying extraterrestrial, but then later on he kind of alludes that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't say it, but he, he he's alluding to it. And I I put here on my notes to that question for us: What does this mean? What does NHI mean? Right, non-human could be AI. Mm-hmm. Um. 
I say it could be. He, he talks about different dimensions and things like that as well. Um, and I mean, most people, and I think, like I say, it does allude to it later on in the interview, are, are gonna associate that with Alien, with ET, because we're talking about spacecraft, whatever better word, crashing, landing, being retrieved, it's non-human. Um, and but a key point which you which you did say is there's no there's no evidence. <laughs> Just documents and photos, which we've all seen, very similar stuff that's been leaked and put out, some of it fake, some of it not fake. And a lot of his, his stories or his his proof that for the reason that he believes it, because the way Ross was asking the questions is like, what makes you believe this stuff? Why do you believe this stuff? And he's like, I've been told. I've been I've been briefed on this. Yeah. What does I've been briefed mean? I mean was there an actual briefing he was part of? Or is it someone's adequate word of him in the corridor? I said, oh, by the way, is this, is that a briefing? Is it just hearsay? Is it actual stuff? It's all been, I've been told by obviously different people within different intelligence communities, with different factions of the military, the Air Force. I've been told it does fit all, all be anecdotal. Obviously, he's got this stuff that he said he's given to Congress. Mm-hmm. But again, is that anything which is hard factual evidence, or is it just hearsay or anecdotal? It's like when people talk about, oh, the CIA have got files on um, sort of these propulsion systems and Russians doing doing this. Like, yeah, they've got files on it, and the files just say the Russians said they did this. The CIA aren't saying they did this or this exists. The files say, or the Russians saying they do this. And the people are like, oh my God, the CIA have got these files saying levitation or whatever exists. And they've got files saying the Russians say it exists. Mm-hmm. They've not got the evidence themselves. So there are files on it, but the files themselves don't actually prove anything. So that's the same thing that we're going to see here. And one one point, I know we're sort of going backwards and forwards on the interview a little bit, but he actually mentions the fact that he actually questioned himself whether or not he was being fed a, a lie, basically. And mm. he was becoming a bit of a patsy and he was being fed false information. And it took him four years of, like, looking at it to establish that what he was being told was actually fact. I say factual. It's diff- you'd never know because mm. these these government agents are very clandestine in what they do. They have a way of doing stuff. But the fact that he says he took four years because Ross Coulter asked him some very good questions, <clears throat> very good questions indeed. I thought, um, and all of the ones I was just about to ask myself. I, so obviously we we do interviews and not to that level, but we do interviews and we talk to guests and there's always something they'll say and you, it triggers a question. Hmm. And he was talking, I was thinking, God, do we need to ask, we need to ask him that question. And then Ross Coulthard came out with that question. So it was, it was, it was nice to see the interview flow as, and, and Ross asking the right questions. Begs the question was, was David Grush given these questions beforehand? Possibly. 
Mm. I would hope not because that that takes away from a bit of the credibility. If if you're just interviewed on the spot, it's probably a little bit harder to yeah sort of um, plan. Yeah, well, you can't plan. Saying, yeah. yeah, you could be caught out quite easily. Um, so yeah, that that was quite interesting. The um, he talks about the fact that he spent four years checking testimonies of all of his contacts, and he said all of them have very high levels of accreditation, like you mentioned at the start, and are all coherent, which has convinced him. He said there are dozens, if not hundreds, of other people in these programs who want the information to see the light of day, which is interesting. Again, no mention, I don't think I heard him mention Lou Elizondo at all. Mm. There was no no talk about these other big names. Um, no. Because obviously Lou was was big in some of the, the early programs as part of like what is now Arrow and the task force. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's very weird, but there are a couple of things that kind of not worried me, but kind of piqued my interest a little bit. He talked about like the gimbal footage, talked about the Tic Tac footage, all that kind of stuff. Um, and there was also, there was the footage of that one in Omaha where yes. the, 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 the orb-shaped thing dropped into the sea. Yeah. I say dropped, it slowly entered the sea. It didn't drop into the sea. And he says that was really anomalous. Cool. It looked, it looked impressive on the video. However, at the NASA briefing last week, or just over, nearly two weeks ago now, they actually said it was a sensor issue and it was a f- like the way the sensors work. So it wasn't anomalous. It was an artifact of the the equipment they were using, which I know we haven't really touched on the NASA bit either, but it's uh, it was stuff like that that you just think, uh, who is telling the truth now? That- yeah, I mean that that stuff. I mean, I've got quite a bit of notes on all the different sort of mm. things he talks about, like yeah, you crack on, you crack on uh, the gimbal, mm-hmm. and even sort of talking about the interdimensional stuff or sort of always being here. These are quite common tropes that we hear a lot about, and I don't want to like <laughs> I don't want to maybe seem being a bit mean to him, <laughs> taking anything away from him. I mean. I was kind of skeptical last week when we talked about it and watching mm-hmm. the interview did make me a bit more skeptical. Because uh, he, he starts talking about, like, say, a tic tac um, and some of the cross retrieval stuff, like the, the 1933 Italian one, mm-hmm. retrieval mentioning about the Vatican and all this stuff. And all this is we already know this stuff. Um, Roswell <laughs> says he just can't give any further information. But then goes on to say that the 1994 report was basically rubbish and has a lot of basically it's a hack job. But it's that's his opinion. Like the Tic Tac stuff, I think it's, that's just his opinion. And it also like he's done studies or maybe he had. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, yeah, but he has got more information access that we have. 
we're going to talk about these very, very common UFO yeah. stories that we know about. The Maelstrom yep. base incident, talking about the UFO shutting down the nuclear things. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he talks about that, and he talks about that saying, like, the reasons why he thinks the, UF- or the UFOs were shutting down or being over nuclear base or checking out where we're at with the nuclear sort of side of things. Uh, is it a scientific experiment by them to see, to see where we're at and just probing? It's all his opinion on very well-known mm-hmm. things. And I was thinking in my head, listening to him talk, this is like a Twitter thread. It's like you could read, you could hear all this, the exact same, everything he's saying, you could read on, on UFO Twitter. Yep. It's nothing, he's not presenting anything different apart from his opinions. Exactly. On, on, on all these stories. And like he says again, one quote I've got here is that not explainable by prosaic means. Mm-hmm. Again, that's just his opinion. As he says, I, I got this document and this full report was carried out. And this, no way, this could have been human made. Fair enough. But it's not, it's just him saying, again, anecdotal, sort of someone's opinions. It's it's, it's not human. Mm. Uh, he talks about the materials, again, these sort of exotic materials, the his isotopes and sort of uh, chemical numbers in the high ranges. Yeah. Yeah, that was no way the Clemens are by humans. Mm-hmm. Is he a physician? Is he a scientist to, to yeah. be sort sort of come out and say that these couldn't have been human made? These got to be non human designed yeah. materials. It's all very, like I say, it's everything he was talking about. I was like, he, he not saying he has, but he could have got all this off UFO Twitter. Because there wasn't any sort of anything different to what we've heard and read a hundred times before. One bit he does cover off where he talks about the technologies and materials. It says that they've been entrusted for expertise to certain private contractors, mm. which he doesn't name. But I mean, there was two. Well, certainly one that came to mind anyway, which was Lockheed Martin. Because they've got the skunk works and they do. You only have to watch the latest bloody Top Gun video, a film. I don't know if you've seen it. No. Absolutely cracking film. Well worth a watch. To see Tom Cruise at the start piloting a test vehicle to push Mach 10 on a, in this like stealth bomber. Mm. And it's a skunk works plane. And it's well known that Lockheed Martin and Skunk Works are part of the black projects that this billions and billions of dollars get swallowed into this black hole. Um, But certain private contractors, I I thought Lockheed Martin straight away. The other person I thought of straight away was Robert Bigelow. Mm. And I, he is a big proponent of UFOs. He claims ETs, again, for want of a better phrase, aliens um, have been here, are here, and the government knows it. But very much like David Grush, and like you just said, he's not actually, there's nothing new coming to the table. The fact that the government would put 
crash retrieval stuff in the arms on the hands of a private contractor who's skilled in that probably isn't too far out of it. They'll go, what's this material made of? Can we develop it? Is a billion dollars. Mm. Just tell us about it afterwards kind of thing. Don't give again, me a receipt. And again, that's something that we know. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like even kind of, is it positive is a similar vein to the stars. Um, they they wanted the they well they got some materials that they paid ever much for and stuff and it's again private companies obviously they they weren't thinking about the government but given them they like, they got the money let them have a crack and then sort of see what happens from there but again nothing that we haven't heard from other people in the past it, like I think one 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 of the comments you had last week was. Is it just going to be another name mm-hmm. to add to the list of people that over the decades have come out and said this stuff without actually any, yeah. any proof? Which is what we don't want to see is that it just becomes another face, yeah. another name that said it. We want, to, we want to see. Hopefully something yeah. will come out, come out of it. But having listened to the interview, there's nothing yet to say this is going to be any different. So there was the complaint that he's raised last year in may um yep which adds to his credibility because again we can only go on stuff that we can see and as we've put our posts on social media extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof and we're not seeing any proof really now he's made uh, a complaint um to the inspector general yeah basically saying and talking about um so go back a bit so he left the military in may or april i think this year and this was after he was told he was okay to to talk about stuff which as we've just established hasn't really talked about anything that we didn't already know. But like I said right at the start, he's very articulate. He clearly knows his business. And he is who he says he is. So his credibility in terms of what he's done in the military is not in question. And I think if that was in question, he he wouldn't be anywhere right now. He wouldn't have blown up the internet this last week. So that they've got the right person out there because he can tick all the boxes. You can trust me. I know what I'm talking about. I've been involved and whatnot. And he's raised a complaint about the fact that Congress and Arrow and previous task force have not had the level of clearance required to see the documents. So when Sean Kirkpatrick comes out and says that Arrow have got no credible evidence that anything with displaying exotic um abilities paraphrasing slightly technically he's not wrong because he may not be and clear it's clear that he isn't of a high enough level of clearance to see the documents so they could show him it and say look this is all the stuff that you need to prove everything you're talking about however you can't read them because you haven't got clearance and then he can only ever say, we've not seen any credible evidence because he's not lying. But then you kind of go, well, 
how can you be the right person for the job if you're not even got the level of clearance required to see some of the, the weird stuff that David Grush is on about with recovered craft and because that's that's like a whole nother level of just seeing spheres this is mm. bizarre bizarre stuff especially when he says that there have been cases of deaths due to these non-human intelligences in addition to the threat hanging over u.s strategic sites maelstrom those kind of things and i know we we briefly spoke about the fact that at virginia that firefighter that grabbed hold of mm. was it firefighter guy um, was it a police officer wasn't it so yeah grabbed hold of this alien being or this non-human intelligence going down that route now um and then became ill and and whatnot so it's not without the realms of possibility if we've had close encounters with nhis that we we're like an undiscovered tribe seeing a new person for the first time and we're just getting all their germs and all their horrible stuff being cynical again yep uh, that, that that mention of a human uh, i'm not sure does he say american or does he just say human human the cases of deaths due to these nhis so he doesn't specifically say who so he could be referring to that virginia again it could he's, well be he's what's wrong a contact yeah. He's read about it on Twitter and I was saying mm. humans have died as a result of non humans. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. I hadn't thought of that. Um, is it said Americans or American servicemen, women, whatever? Yeah. Then that would be a different thing where we have like, do you have the records to show that a serving military personnel in the US have died mm. as a result of something non human? Rather than saying a human, means that at any point in history, is that. It just, yeah, basically there have been cases of deaths. Now, that could also cover off a landed craft that's been retrieved, that's been worked upon, and they've died as a result of that. Because exotic materials can't be good for our health, I'm sure. With certain stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's definitely... um, it's definitely not groundbreaking new stuff that probably you like you mentioned you could go through a twitter feed of any big name on twitter and like yourself Ash, and <laughs> Fuck and sort of get this narrative watch moment of contact you've spoken to a few people like all the noise nick pope speak to all these kind of people is he going to be another name on the circuit like that hopefully not and hopefully he brings stuff to the table which he's done he's certainly got the got the message out there um and and like 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 i said before on the uap round table and stuff just because someone is a military person a pilot a, a harvard scientist professor whatever biologist whatever karen all is um because they they are obviously very intelligent, got high level jobs in their industry, doesn't mean they aren't also prone to just being a believer. But then we see it many times just in sort of the normal population, yep, where people can sort of become open to something like like ourselves. Like, yeah, 
I wouldn't have thought any of this was related. Paranormal, Bigfoot, UFOs, and now I'm like fucking so fucking the same fucking mad shit. <laughs> um, they've just not got had the same sort of mindset changed, and that they are now more prone to believe. So, so maybe you might have seen some stuff that was legit. Mm-hmm. And now, when we're talking about like the 1933 Italian retrieval, Roswell, Malmstrom, Tic Tac, is now just become more open to to believing it. Mm-hmm. And just because he is a intelligence official, ex military, doesn't mean that it's more true now because he said it. Just something that I always think you have to bear in mind that just because someone is high level doesn't mean that it is necessarily any more true than me saying it or or you saying it. Correct. And I think the more you're immersed in it, the more you get swept up in it maybe because your Mm. life then revolves around it. So Mm. your your only influence on a lot of this subject matter is people with these accounts that come in forward, again, whether they're true or not. But if if you start believing more of those because there's so many and you go, well, surely... There's thousands of people having these experiences. They can't all be lying. Mm. Well, they could. They could be all lying, potentially. I mean, it's it's not the kind of thing you probably lie about too much. And I know back in the 80s and that, if you, if you even said that you were an abductee or something like that, you were proper lunatic out on the fringe of society. You you couldn't mention stuff like that. Mm. Um, and it was, it was his job for... Four years, yep, his full time yep. job, and I guess I mean, and like we we do know not just in not just in UFOs, but in any sort of police inf- intelligence, GCHQ over here, social media is used to gather intelligence. It's a big part, like even messaging apps, mm-hmm. social media are used by police to get information to find people. To so, mm-hmm. it's even talked about that there's even some accounts on Twitter that are intelligence officials of course so there's no doubt that he would have been as part of his role on these social media sites like twitter for sure i'm i'm pretty convinced that he would have been on keeping an eye on stuff because some of the stuff comes out on twitter is good stuff does get leaked on there mm-hmm. um, so he, he would have had to have been i think on on ufo twitter pretty much to to find stuff and keep an eye on different people and things like that so and that's what they do to extremists they just follow them and watch them and report on them and sort of integrate into that world so undercover police officers they will infiltrate gangs and stuff like that they just become part of the gang or work slowly work themselves in maybe chucking a bit of decent information every now and again that people are so yeah like you say ufo twitter there's you can be so anonymous on Twitter mm. that I don't even know who I'm talking to. I could be talking to David Grouch on a Twitter conversation about yeah. some random guy's post about Virginia and moment of contact, and he's just pulling out all this information from who everybody and just like scalping data left, right, and center. So, yeah, it's... It's crazy. It's crazy. I think and... one, one point I don't think we've mentioned. Um, it's all the obviously he got clearance to say all this stuff, mm-hmm. all the publicist stuff. 
And would the Pentagon or whoever clear this stuff if it was actually classified top secret information? Would they allow them to say, "Yeah, go on, you can go go see all this in the national in the national media"? If it was actually top secret information. But then I was thinking, if they knew what he was going to talk about, because clearly they've vetted what he was going to say, and they go, "We can't fucking prove that." He can't prove that. They're going for a list going, he can't prove that. Everybody knows about Roswell. Everybody knows about Maelstrom. It's not really... like I'm just thinking of it like that. The fact mm. that he can't prove any of this, apart from the fact that he's got the, he is who he says he was and he worked on these projects or on this task force. They're like fooey boots, mate. Because even if it's, some of it's true and some of it's like been fed information he said he even likes to think he's got a bullshit meter and can smell it but if you're that in deep and they are so good at what they've refined over decades and decades probably hundreds of years governments have been perfecting disinformation because no doubt some of the stuff that is let out there on twitter and on youtube I mean, Lou Elizondo said that there is a legitimate Black Triangle video out on the internet. Yeah. But nobody knows which one it is. And it's all those little bits. And they're, they're basically saying to him, Pentagon's cleared me. Okay, yeah, because you haven't really said anything that nobody doesn't really know about. The fact that you've talked about crash retrieval projects, how are you going to prove it? Because <laughs> Arrow hasn't got access to that information because they've restricted access. So where are they going to find it? It's way above their level. Um, he does mention that there have been attempts and techniques developed to shoot down UFOs, or UAPs, sorry. Again, what are they? He can't tell you. And and, and I guess you would be... like, like I guess for the cross-trial stuff, like, probably like, there will be a plan like, if something did. Because you, you are planning for all eventualities. And if Independence Day occurrence did happen, mm-hmm. then what would we do? As like say shooting down, having some sort of military plan in place, because it is an eventuality that, especially someone like the US government that pumps so much money into it, that they will have some. It might only be like a very small yeah. sub note of some defense document, but they will. I yeah, no doubt that I reckon the UK will have the same thing. Where if this oh. happened. This is the response. That's, this is and only a few people have probably seen it, but it is there for the obviously the high level generals, or whatever. To if it happens, they've got that there to go. There have to be. There has to be something. Like you say, even if it's just a paragraph somewhere, just saying, "When shit is the fan, this is what we're going to do. We're all going to go to bunkers and fuck everybody else." <laughs> that's probably that's probably more realistic than anything else. Um, he does mention that there are craft. Some of these craft are up to a hundred meters in size, which, again, no proof. Where's that come from? And he also said that there's an ongoing competition between different nations to develop technologies, but at the same time, they fear the impact on the population. So, but what I what I don't get, and this is one thing that always gets me, that if we've had crash retrieval, mm. 
and potentially going back to the 30s, probably way before that, to be fair. Um, why are we still driving around in cars that are powered by essentially dead dinosaurs and oil? Why, why are our planes only able to do like Mac, whatever, two, three? If we've got this technology that we've had for nearly 100 years, that's so advanced why we're clearly not doing anything with this technology because mm-hmm. what it is it Grush or someone else that said they basically didn't know how to like they had it and they just didn't know how to reverse engineer it's just like we we know they can do it with this but we just don't know so they just yeah. stopped, stopped trying I can't remember who it was that was saying it but it was someone similar like sort of But that's what baffles me. It's like, yes, we might well have crash technology or landed technology, which is even scarier. Um, What? Clearly, I mean, you could argue that some of our technology or some of that technology might have been used in products that we see nowadays that we use, potentially. Stuff that just a few years ago, a couple of decades ago, wouldn't like the internet, all the this kind of stuff. optics, some of the people say. Yes. That, that sort of revolutionized the internet and being able to transmit information very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So it came about from nowhere. Yeah. It's, it's those kind of things rather than necessarily, I suppose, advanced and exotic aircraft because aircraft hasn't really changed that much. Like designs haven't really changed that much, even from like World War One, where that you think the Wright brothers first obtained flight, what about hundreds, hundred and so years ago, and in that mm. time, yes, we've got this Raptor fighter thing, this European jet thing, that stealth bot, like stealth jet that flies via electronics, but essentially, it's, it's still a jet-powered plane with a certain amount of technology, but. And there's still basically a nose, two wings, and a tail, like on the on the on the grand scheme of things. So what the other bit that did pique my interest, as well, apart from a lot of it, to be fair, it was it was an interesting conversation to watch. Mm. And again, hats off to to Ross Coulter. I thought he interviewed him very well, and he he did ask decent questions. Um. David Grush said he would like to know more if more in-depth contacts have been made between NHI and the US, which is interesting. Could that go back to this whole landing thing? Mm. And one bit that you mentioned I hadn't really thought about is AI is non-human intelligence. And if it is AI that is behind a lot of this, and we're talking like... Terminator Skynet type shit. No wonder Elon Musk and everybody's like saying we need to tone this down a little bit, this AI chat GPT stuff. Because if it gets too clever for its own good, it might not be future us, these tic tacs, might not be future humans, it might be future AI. Hmm. So, so what do you think then? What, yeah. what, are you, what are you thinking about the whole whole interview? 
What do you think about David Grouch? Uh, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> I knew you'd say that. I know it's my good adult. What I, I'm excited about it. It is yeah. something a bit different to what we've yeah. had recently with shitty videos and photos being leaked and yeah, all that stuff. Um, I think it's just wait and see. This this is about the general complaint. See if anything at all comes of that that we hear about. Yeah. Um. That information that he's apparently got a big package. Excuse me. Saying oh, that okay. he um, misled. Obviously, that the complaint states that they intentionally misled Congress and not provided yeah. factual stuff, basically, to Congress. Um, but again, if they don't have the clearance for Congress, the congressmen, women don't have enough security clearance, and so that's how they may, they may complaint may, may not go anywhere because mm-hmm. the intelligence community will say you don't have the clearance to see this information. It's national security, it's national. Yeah, like national defense. We we can't give you that information. It's it's mad it's because it, yeah, it just goes back into the the background again, and the the government say, well, we're not aware of anything. We've not been given nothing's been disclosed to us. Mm-hmm. And I think that was some of the whole point that David Grush was getting to was the fact that there is all this stuff here, but people are not allowed to see it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Arrow and um, US, UAP task force, those kind of um, groups are essentially useless is not a great word, but based on what they can see and what they need to see are two different things. Like got Kurt Patrick, who yeah. like, say, looks totally disinterested in that hearing. Maybe it is yeah. because like, he's like, I've We've not been got, we, never, we haven't got anything. Like, he knows. He like, knows that he can't, can't see it. any. Yeah. So it's like it's but, a pointless endeavour. Yeah, but it would be nice if he came out and said, look, I can't see all the stuff. I'm not cleared to see it. But he hasn't said that. He's just saying we haven't seen any credible stuff. But then he goes to the whole NASA briefing a couple of weeks ago and says that we're seeing metal spheres all over the world. And it's just like, well... Surely they fit under the whole exotic kind of mm. strange abilities stuff we can't identify. I don't know. It's it's very murky. It's very murky. But yeah. what I do want, I do want to touch on, um, is the fact that Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp actually had access to David Grouch and were introduced to him a long time ago. Mm. weirdly in a bar following a star trek convention something like that it was something <laughs> obviously it's a strange yeah. strange setting but there was other other big i think gary nolan was there as well Jeez. it was like a, a bit of a wild party i'm sure the galactic federation maybe. <laughs> yeah yeah check out one of our previous podcasts dr christopher Mac- macklin where he talks about galactic federation so but so they they've said um, that the question that come up was why were they not the ones to break the story? Mm. And that I was thinking that if they've had that, why why did they not want to break the story? And on a weaponized podcast that got released today, so I only got halfway through it before we came on. 
that they talked about the fact that the New York Times article, George Knapp was going to break that story back in 2017. Right. He was going to break that story, and he was told that he would be able to talk about it when he was allowed to. Then it came out in New York Times, and the whole thing blew up five years ago. Right, okay. And he said, I'm actually quite glad that somebody else did it that wasn't me. Because if it had been George Knapp, it would have been, oh, this this UFO reporter from Las Vegas is breaking this story about um, secret government programs. And and it doesn't have as much weight behind it as like New York Times. Um, yes, well, I mean, Leslie Key was a UFO mm-hmm. for, for many years. Yes. But considering George Knapp broke Bob Lazar's story all them years ago. Mm. So... Again, they they could have broken this story, I think, but it was best that they didn't type thing. They knew about David Grush. They knew about all of this stuff. They've released the version of the complaint in full, the report and everything. So, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's just at, at times when you think, like, Jeremy Corbell, yeah, he's that character on there. Yeah, if you posed that question last week was if, Corbell did release was the person that was interviewing him on mm-hmm. the, the, that news show. Yeah. Um, what do you sort of change your opinion or your initial opinion? Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, it was. Like, it's, it's yeah. like, you've never probably even seen anything. I mean, probably not the best mindset to have, but when I see Corbell teasing something he's about to release from like, Fox 8. Yeah. Uh, where that I means it's probably not, like I say, not the best mindset to have, but that's because most stuff he puts out is shit. But the thing is, because we're we've been fed so much misinformation, disinformation, incorrect information over the years, and everybody's teasing stuff, saying this net it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and then you get uh, like a, a news channel breaking this story, and the debrief website getting the story out. And they're saying that they had to move quick on it. Uh, Leslie Keane and Ralph Blumenthal said they had to to move quick to release it because I think somebody was going to leak it or something like that. That was my impression I got from the the Weaponized podcast today, Mm. that they had to go quickly with it because it was going to come out otherwise. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's exciting it's got people talking got newcomers probably interested yeah this is what we need fresh blood fresh people yeah that's the thing and this guy has come out of nowhere and he's like lit up the uap world and people like us are now on our second episode in seven days of talking about this same guy and the claims he's coming out with so Mm. they're doing something right and just incidentally, our last week's episode was our most successful episode ever. And it was our most successful episode by about five five times our day one sort of volume of listeners all in day one for this, this episode. Mm. So that was insane. So it's definitely an interesting, a topic that people are interested in. For sure. So that, that covers off David Grouch and a bit of the Weaponized podcast. 
and I know this we normally would cut it off here, but so do you want to do? Should we go into the other big event that happened yesterday, yeah. which was yeah, Doctor right. Stephen Greer? Let's do a bomb episode. Yeah, why not? Value for <laughs> money for everybody. Um, and so I caught this about halfway through, I think. Um, and I was just like, "Oh, here we go, Stephen Greer." hasn't got the most mm. uh, amazing reputation certainly between us a lot and the fact of about c5 apps and wanting to make the world a connected place yet he's an open for everybody but he's charging money pounds, yeah then you've got these contact in the desert type events where you're not allowed to film yourself you you have to basically trust what's going up on up in the sky. You have to sign NDAs. Yeah, yeah, and they they're the only ones that can take the photographs now, which is very shady. And I think somebody called him out because there was a an aeroplane or something it was actually in the air miles out to sea or miles out from where they were with lights on, so it made it look a bit. So the reputation he's got in the UFO community, the UAP community, whatever you want to call it now, is divisive at best. <laughs> at best, yeah. <laughs> and lacking credibility somewhat in the least. Yeah. He put on this event yesterday. I wasn't really aware of it until over the weekend. And then you hear something saying that Dr. Stephen Greer is doing a free to access presentation disclosure 2.0 yeah he calls it i did see a comment that said stephen greer and free in the same comment didn't seem to compute very well <laughs> it's made me laugh. so yeah he gave the world um an insight into some more whistleblowers alleged whistleblowers now, looking at UFO Twitter <laughs> and social media, mainly UFO Twitter, because everybody's fucking brutal on that, <laughs> for want of a better phrase. And if if something's said that isn't liked or people questioning, they're not backwards in coming forwards with their opinions, which is great. It's a bit wild at times, but it's on the whole good. So he gave a platform for certain people to come up and tell their experience mm. it was pretty raw it wasn't high uh, production values it was literally some people in a room at a desk and some a podium and people coming up and and talking whether that lends credibility or not i don't know but uh, um, I mean, I only watched yeah. a three-hour yeah. sort of things. I've only watched, um, but I've sort of clicked through yeah. different yep, bits, yep. just trying to kind of get yep. an idea of what was kind of being said and, and all that. So I caught, I think, the last three people talking was Stephen Digner Jr. onwards. Which is a guy who straight away said, "Look, I've I've got brain injuries, but I want to tell my story." Mm. Um, I found him very credible myself, just based on him speaking. 
and all three of the people that I saw speaking, I kind of, I got a, a sense of genuineness about them. But again, that's anybody can probably pull the wool over my eyes. Do you know what I mean? But going on what I saw, putting aside the Stephen Greer thing and being presented with these guys' accounts of what's happening, if we were to interview them on the podcast, I would probably come off and go, mm. that sounded like something's happened to these people. Yeah. Um, the emotions they showed, again, were, I don't think it's stuff you can fake, but again, I don't know. But incidentally, there was a fourth one that I missed the start of that's been in the Daily Mail this week, which was Michael Herrera. Yeah. Uh, um, not Royal Marine. Um, I don't know what they call them in America. Um, like a Green Beret type kind of soldier. I don't know what they're. I can't remember what, he, what, he, what he, they called them. Anyway, they were going out. They were in the, on this mission. They were going out to 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 wrecky the place, and they came across this fucking huge UFO hovering fifteen to twenty foot off the ground. And as they started to get closer to it, some unmarked, what appeared to be U.S. military kind of guys basically pulled their weapons out and told them to, to stop, unclick safeties, and obviously said, this is quite serious now, you need to fuck off, basically. Um, and it was his account of what happened there. They got all their guns, had the ammunition taken out of it. These guys were rocking American pistols, American higher spec uh, assault rifles and what these these guys had. Uh, the army guys had, and they're in this clearing. There's a couple of souped up, I think it was four souped up, like Ford Rangers. Is that what they call it? Like the big SUV type thing. So I think they said they were F-350s, which are the big, big things that right. contractors drive around in this country. Um, one of them had like a trailer on the back, like a container on the back with what appeared to be like a gas cylinder, something like that, feeding in. So he didn't know if it was like to to pressurize something or to like vacuum seal something. And he got the impression that these guys were either smuggling drugs, like high high volumes of drugs, mm. or something else as for yet there's this fucking UFO <laughs> hovering and making a buzzing noise. He said, if you took the headphone cable out of an amplifier, like electronic guitar, electric guitar amplifiers, that kind of noise, like a white noisy kind of rumbly. He said, that was, he said, if you could play me that sound again, he goes, I would know it exactly. I could say that was what it was. Long story short, because I missed most of it, but he said this UAP, the top triangular sort of shaped pyramid shaped thing met with the rest of the craft, went into one unit and it shot off at about 4,000 miles an hour. How he knows 4,000 miles an hour, I don't know, but it was at instant speed. 
and it didn't affect the coconuts swinging in the trees. It didn't affect the leaves. There was no sonic boom. There was nothing. It was just there, then it wasn't. It was gone. The guys were told that they didn't see anything. They just had to turn around and fuck off. Um, they tucked the bullets and magazines and everything back in the like the, the trousers of the, the soldiers, the Marines. And this guy was saying that it was positioned in such a way on their bodies that they couldn't just quickly pull out, load a gun and attack. They were they were literally on death's door if if they tried to do anything. Mm. Seem like and he's waited fifteen years <sighs> to tell this story. He claims that these guys also had um you know like um, say if they were going out to capture Osama bin Laden, people like that, they got these devices, almost like mobile phones, where they can do fingerprints in the field and it sends it off to wherever via the World Wide Web and they can establish if that person is who they, they say they are. So they had bits of equipment, equipment like that. So they're like mobile phones, a bit like an iPhone type device. But obviously it's 2000 and early 2000s. So it's like that technology wasn't even around then. So he said it was all very shady, unmarked people, no military insignia, no badges, nothing. Again, no proof. Seems weird that, I mean, why were they in that place? Were they sent there for purpose or was it just... Completely coincidental. I think they literally came across it just by accident. It was a bit like, shit, what's all this about? It seemed mad that they would kind of accept. Like, so she wants to say they got back to base, whatever, and then obviously got the the, the group of them or the core of them, whatever. Hmm. Like did they know, did they talk about it between themselves? Did they because if these guys haven't identified themselves? No, they didn't. They didn't identify themselves at all. I'm just trying. What to... what would stop them from reporting that to? If they said they reported to their high ups, but then nothing happened from it or whatever. I'm just trying to find the story about it, just so I can give you the full the full spiel on what what the rest of it was, because I. Um, I mean, the craft sounds amazing. Yeah, and he was quite right. specific. There was a drawing of it on the presentation of his interpretation of it. Big thing as well. And hovering, he said, never seen anything like it, obviously. Who has? Um, and two pieces to kind of join together, and then... Yeah, so like this pyramid on top sort of like became part of it. And then... And this is the problem. There's so many different versions of events that people go through as part of their experiences that surely they can't all make up different stories or even the ones that are similar. They can't all be similar happening to different people completely. Like this is, if this is what it says it is and it's extraterrestrial tech, whatever, NHI tech, being used by private contractors, which are probably linked to military, let's be honest. Mm. They're either smuggling drugs or something's happening that 
is not to be seen by many people. Mm. That that are ask more questions than the fact that there's a UFO there. Under if in these circumstances, so kind of relating to this story, but maybe more general as well, is if they come across something like high level drug deal involving the military mm-hmm. or whatever, this clandestine group. To I some some this is sort of talked about in Roswell as well, where they're not Roswell, when the some incident where they're kind of something was trialed on them, like this, so they were hallucinating. Mm-hmm. Yep. So something put in the forest. Where once they came across them and told them to do one, they did then sort of send some gas or something that then made them hallucinate and then all all their perception of what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. So what they had seen might be something completely normal and explainable, but highly top secret. Yeah. And then they've been given this drugs or whatever has made them perceive it differently or mm-hmm. remember it differently. So they remember this big craft. Thing. Yeah. So when they then talk about this big craft, they lose credibility because it sounds like a too far-fetched yep. story. So it's just like a method of basically covering up their own, whatever mm-hmm. they're doing. And we know, like you say, they're at Rendlesham, that area, they did do that. So mm. it's... yeah. Who knows? It's, it's entirely possible. Um, and you you think people who are on DMT, they have an ayahuasca and these kind of um, natural hallucinogens, mm. they tend to have similar experiences whereby they they um, see the same kind of entities as part of their experience that everybody seems a similar type creature and stuff like that. So why that yeah, in mass hallucinogen mm. in the forest. They they could have saw what was going on. It mm. could have been secret craft or whatever, but then if this drug whatever made them see a ten foot giant pink rabbit mm-hmm. and he's like, Yeah, we were sent to this place, we saw this giant ten foot pink rabbit and then these guys in non uniform came and Wanders off and took our ammunition and stuff. It like it sounds it's crazy. crazy. It? Yeah, so you just lose all. Yeah, just completely lose credibility on it. Even if it was what you experienced. Mm. So yeah, you, and this guy apparently had kept it quiet for fifteen years, and I suppose now is a, a great time to to start talking about experiences, whether or not it's an event that actually happened in the real world or it was an event that happened in his mind in terms of, was it a, a secret trial of some hallucinogen or or whatever, like you say, to, to cover up a black project? Who knows? So he was one that I caught the end of, which was interesting. I'd read his story in the Daily Mail, of all places. Seemed to be breaking stories left, right and centre. Um, then it went on to this doctor, not doctor, I do apologise, he's not a doctor, uh, Stephen Digner Jr. So um, he was like the fastest promoted guy. He wasn't um, frontline military. He was the head of, or, like, managed the largest live fire um, practice base in the world. 
in the Mojave Desert, which incidentally is where flares, flares. Um, but he was the one who would give the go ahead as to whether or not um, a live fire ammunition thing was going to take place. Um, so he claims that they were out one night and over the test range, whilst a live fire um, exercise was taking place, that a boomerang-shaped craft appeared. Very similar to the description of the flares one, isn't it? That. Yeah. So that's kind of a t- triangle boomerang type mm-hmm. shape with the lights, kind of in a delta shape, really. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing was that he said he looked through night vision goggles, which back in 2001, time when this happened, that he um, he would only seeing like green, like those the old versions. Mm. But he said when he was looking through them, he was seeing color. He said, and he can't explain why he was seeing color through what should have been green hmm. night vision goggles. Then he said there was another shape to the top right of it, another V-shaped craft, lights-wise, that he felt was projecting a hologram of this boomerang-shaped craft. So he seemed to think it might have been like a hologram. But the weirdest thing was, apart from what comes next, is that it was never reported because he was told it was not an unidentified craft. It was just hovering there, silently, boomerang shaped with lights. And they said, we don't need to report it because it's not unidentified. It's one of ours. Ah. Hmm. Now, this guy, when you see him speaking, he's he's got a brain injury, and he says that at the start. He says, so I get a bit muddled at times. But he was genuinely, I felt he was coming across genuine. Again, <laughs> he might not be. Um, but this impact, the next bits that happened to him impacted his life and his, his wife and child and all sorts. Everything got impacted by the things that happened to him next, which... He was driving, he was getting a, a pass to go off base with his wife to go to cinema. I think they said they were going to cinema. Mm. Uh, and he needed to get a pass. They were on this road and they saw an object on the side of the road. So they stopped. Um, he got out and this like plasma effect enveloped his wife. And he knew straight away it was like a plasma thing for whatever reason. It was like, I think it just looked like this weird, like glowy mm. plasma thing. And he went close to this object, which was like, um, a sort of kind of like, like a pyramid on its side, but a sleek version, like a, a really long pyramid. It's quite difficult to explain. He does show a photo of it on, um, I've sent you the, the graphic. There's a, a diagram. Yeah. That, um, 
sort of describes what he's seeing. It, it looks like he said it was it was unlike anything he'd seen before, which I get that. It's very he detailed. Said, pardon? It's very detailed. Very detailed, yeah. He said um, that he touched the craft and it was rock solid. It was hovering, but it was rock solid. You know, like when in Star Wars where they get out of one of those little craft things and it sort of like goes up and down, like suspension. He said it was yeah, nothing yeah. like his rock solid. He said he was touching it and it felt like a cat's tongue or shark skin. It's quite specific, like a mm. like a rough sandpapery kind yeah, of. Yeah. And he said it seemed to hum like purring like a creature. He said he felt like he was interacting with a living creature. Ah. Which is fucked up. Uh, and then he saw a portal open up. That's got it all going on, hasn't he? And he was, something said to him that you're not supposed to see this. You shouldn't have seen this. It was like he was not meant to see that. Hmm. That portal opening up. It gets a bit more outlandish after that. I won't go into that. Jeez. But yeah, that that is That's a busy night. Very busy. Not the same night, different night. All right, okay. But... <laughs> I was gonna say, okay now. Yeah, if that happened to you in one night, I think you'd probably be a bit, bit get a bit crazy about it. <laughs> then we talked there's another guy, a DC long. Um, whose father was contracted for Fort Bragg, um, which I'd heard of, Fort Bragg. Um, when he was younger, he was about 13, he met up with a lot of high-ranking people. He used to go camping with his dad. He was His dad was a contractor, and they used to meet up, and he used to go and do stuff and whatnot mm-hmm. with them. And one day, he was with his dad, and his dad got told to go to Range 19, of the JFK Warfare Center, met up with this these guys and got an escort to what this bunker, and this bunker had loads of rubbish on it, all over it, like litter all over it. So he said it didn't look like a bunker. They went in there and went down in an elevator, like a, a freight elevator, down in this bunker. And when they opened the doors and got out, they were told to just look down, not look at anybody else, because they could be fired upon. <laughs> so he said he knew it wasn't like a, an angry threat, but he just told, he'd done what he was told to do. So he just looked at the ankles of the person in front and just, and then he caught something out of the corner of his eye, which in this room that they went into, which appeared to be a monolithic slab. He says about 100 tons. That's what he guessed it as. He caught out a glimpse of his eye. He said, at that point, he went down to pretend to tie up his shoelace so he could like be on one knee so he could have a little look around. He said it was hovering. There was no means. It was not being held up. It was just hovering off the ground. He said there was two other like rock formations hovering next to it. Mm. And on top was this black kind of box with some pipes. There's another diagram I sent to you about that. Um, he was a and- kid. He was 13 at this point. Wow, to send the kid into... He was doing some work with his dad or something like that. So, they went back 
went into this room. They were doing a live fire, um, specking out some contracting stuff for a live fire thing in this bunker. 20 minutes later, they walked back into this room where this monolith was, and there was nothing in that room at all. Everything had gone. Hmm. They got to the like reception or whatever, and the dad was told that they need to sign NDAs. His dad said, no, I'm not signing any NDAs because I didn't see anything, and I'm not having that. And the next day, one of the contractors turned up at the dad's business. He's a millionaire, this dad, because like this big business. And all the contracting equipment, et cetera, had been taken and seized by the US government including pencils, everything had been cleaned out. And within 24 hours, he went from being like this successful business guy, contractor for the military, millionaire, to basically lost everything. His dad became homeless, everything. <laughs> like literally overnight, everything was destroyed because he didn't sign his NDAs. Wow. What's... So... Like I said, it's not... It's fucking more mental. <laughs> so up to that point, it's pretty mental. Yeah. So later on, this guy, the young lad, the son, is in the military. He's got his career in the military. And he then is doing all his stuff. He's doing well in the military. He's going to do his parachute exercise, some big parachute exercise where loads of guys will jump out of planes at the same time. Anyway, so he's getting, you know where they, they hook a static line and when they jump out the plane, the, the parachute opens. So he's, yeah. he's ready to jump out the plane. He looks around and another guy who's hooking up is one of the escorts from when he was 13 in the bunker. <laughs> right? Tapped him on the face, hooked the line, and all of a sudden he felt this snap. And they caught this static line and snapped his neck. So okay. he fell out of the bloody aeroplane right with this massive injury. Um, and they basically kicked him out of the army on medical grounds saying, you can't do your job now. You're incapacitated. <laughs> right, okay. Ugh, this toys are mad. Like the monolith... Interesting. This one that comes up quite often. Yeah. Is that like, it kind of takes you back to like ancient times, don't you think of monoliths? Like yeah. Monolithic structures and uh, kind of around the world to get these big slabs and stuff. I've been there for thousands of years. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, this, this story, I mean, kid going into some sort of secret bunker in the mm -hmm. like if we'd to go down there then I think they'd leave someone with the kid up on like, on the ground rather than take a kid into town just to look just to look down like um and then if dad had this contracting business did he has he got proof that his dad had this contracting business with the contracts surely there'd be something to sort of show that it must have something to, to back up that his dad was that person at least for some period of time. Yeah. Um, sort of. You would like to think it's it. Stephen Greer would do some kind of due diligence, but you don't know, do you? 
And then if obviously they knew who this kid was for this next bit to happen where he's in the thingy with him. So would they so when he initially signed up, we're not even better them to kind of just block him going maybe. the tree at the very earliest point rather than Yeah. Well maybe they didn't know to begin with and then they, they caught wind of it, his name must have come up or something. Odd. Odd. It's very X Files, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, I did think X-Files episode right there. So that was another one. But the the weirdest one that came to me that I saw was a guy called Eric Hecker. Right. Raytheon contractor. Never heard of that before. So maybe that's just me not really knowing what's going on. In the South Pole. So Antarctic. He claimed right from the start that all of the evidence that he was about to share, he'd given to Arrow. Right. In documents. Again, it doesn't mean anything if it's bullshit. So, who knows? So, he was working at South Pole Station, um, Ice Cube Neutrino Observatories, which he believed from his time there was a multifaceted energy weapon. And not okay. just a, like an observatory on the South Pole. This got my interest quite a lot because I thought that's quite a fucking bold statement to come out with that you believe that this observatory that you're working on in Antarctica is an energy weapon. That's 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 a whole other level from mm. crash retrieval and seeing UFOs yeah. by military contractors. This is... And he believed it was an air traffic control system for exotic vehicles. Mm-hmm. Let that sink okay, in okay. for a moment. Right, right, let me. So an air traffic control system, so yep. basically for exotic vehicles. So by exotic, are we meaning NHI or just like test? He just says kind exotic of vehicles. So he's... Take it as NHI or possibly ET. Uh, air traffic anything. control system where they're basically communicating with aliens. Oh, you, you're free to come in. Sector B1. MIP. One right there. That's crazy. Although, thinking about it, landed aircraft that we talked about, right? landed craft mm. at the start. Guided in, allowed to land. Give them permission. Anyway, he also said that they had faster than light communications there. Whatever that means. Light. Yeah. So that's fiber that's fiber optics on steroids, basically. Because hmm. we don't know At, a way to get faster than light, do we? No. And this is one bit that blew my mind. Gary McKinnon allegedly said he saw this as well. Because he hacked NASA's the hacker, yeah. <laughs> Well, he didn't even hack them. They left their computers without passwords. So he just fucking entered the computers, <laughs> which I don't know what's more insane, the fact that he was able to hack a NASA computer and military computers or the fact that they had no password on their computer. <laughs> don't know. So he reckons in 2010 to 2011, they fired this thing up, which caused two earthquakes in New Zealand. 
Right. There was some massive earthquakes in New Zealand around that time, I do remember. And he reckons it was this energy weapon that caused it. Now, this is a bold statement to be standing up in front of the world live and saying this. I'd never heard and, this before. No. And now this is something I need to look into because this, it, as she says, this is an earthquake weapon. He said it was had nefarious purposes. I was trying to make as many notes as I could while this guy was speaking. And they also fired a green laser out the top of the facility. Is this kind of like a supervillain? Yeah. Base. But he didn't know if this green laser was some kind of comms, like laser communication, or whether it was part of a weapon. So it was... There was power to the facility, obviously. He put some diagrams up, I don't really understand all. But he said there was obviously some kind of secondary power supply there because there was a lot of energy this thing's taking on. Then he says exotic power supply system that he thinks was actually in place before the Arctic Arctic Treaty. So the Arctic Treaty, from my understanding without looking into this, is where all nations signed a treaty to say that they would not like develop um, and like dig up and whatnot the, the, the space around Antarctica on the South Pole. I think the same for the North Pole as well. But um, They all agreed that they would leave it untouched, basically, apart from these observatories and study things. Yeah. Um, God. He put up a website. I haven't even been on the website yet. Deciphering TV. Again, I I don't even know if I took that down right. I was literally trying to make notes. I was taking photographs of the screens at the same time. A live stream on it. It was a live stream. So I didn't want to pause it. I just wanted to just crack through. I can find a deciphering.tv website and it's for yep. CB, CBD products. Who was it? Unless he's flogging his cannabis wares. <laughs> Can't be that. I'll have to have a look into that. I might have to re listen to it. That's what I took down. So I clearly got that wrong. So apologies. I'll try and update everybody on that. So that's kind of where it started to end. Surely with something like this. Mm hmm. Like other countries mm-hmm. would be aware, be watching. What if they're all in on it? But even the people that are currently causing chaos around the world, i.e., Mr. Putin and his band of merry men. So if, if they're in on it together. So a multinational yep. conglomeration uh-huh. to develop this energy weapon and cause earthquakes, whatever the fuck it's doing. Mm-hmm. My first thought would be someone like Russia would want to own it. Yep. Especially if, he, like this guy says, it's for nefarious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, unless the way for it to be, it's not fully developed. The way for it to be fully developed, then they start fighting over it. Mm-hmm. Um, would there be wars fought over this 
weapon if yeah i'd like to basically who who there may be space wars going on that we don't know about i know this this seems fucking outlandish to start talking about i get that and it's wild as fuck and it's not something that we would normally talk about but raytheon yeah i I could research yep could be developing ai and uh, aircraft and all sorts so that side of it does sort of tie up that Mm -hmm. they would be involved possibly in something like this yeah but did he like give a reason for why he's Tell us about it now. I didn't get that. Uh, I may have missed that because I was I was frantically taking some notes. We should but... assume it doesn't work for him anymore. If he's no, he had the he had a fucking uniform on, like a, he had a badge on and everything on his t shirt. I'm so, assuming he he can't work for him now, but maybe this was his resignation speech. That's his uh, get on alive speech. If it's true, yeah. And but David gave, David Grouch, going back to him briefly, he was he's had retaliations. So it's not unheard of that these people, by speaking out, are actually exposing themselves and their immediate family to potential unalive situations and being suicided and mm. wow. I mean this 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 press conference was a whole nother level compared to what we've been used to through the congressional meetings and, and such like. And looking at UFO Twitter, and as I say, I've reached out to uh, to certain friends of ours on social media. One of the comments was, the thing about Greer is he doesn't vet his sources of witnesses very well. So you get a mixed bag of testimony that you don't know who to believe. Which is true because some of those stories you, you kind of go, well, actually, some of that sounds. Kind mm. of like Linda yeah. Morton How a little bit where she does just she believes everything she's told. Yeah. And is Greer kind of doing a similar thing with these? Mm-hmm. Uh, people want the platform for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. They want this. I think um, one of the comments was that UFO community or UAP community has moved on quite a bit recently from not really having a great deal to now we've got congressional hearings, we've got whistleblowers coming out, and that this was Stephen Greer trying to mm. accelerate himself back up to... Get a bit relevant. Yeah, yeah. Because the whole CE5 path that he created for himself and the fact that people... He was just milking people for money, basically. Um, that it became quite irrelevant. But and again, I, I suppose even if he knows half of this is bullshit, mm-hmm. it's getting people talking about him. Yeah, and getting his name kind of in there. Yeah. So. What do you think then, Ash? So, it's all it, mental. And he's going, watch it. I need to find three hours to yeah. sit through these stories. What you need to do is follow Ryan Sprague on Twitter because he posted up this morning that he got three hours to spare and he was going to go watch it. So, I right. went through his 
that feed to see if I could see if he'd updated. He hadn't, so... Right. Fucking <laughs> hell. Three hours. Yeah, yeah. But who knows? I, who knows? Who knows? These people could be telling the truth. I got the impression that certainly parts of the versions they were telling us seem to be credible to me. Whether or not they are, I don't know. You don't know. It's without proof. It's very hard to disprove somebody. Like you say, the there must be risks in coming forward and talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's say it's military and and stuff. Yeah, because these people will have signed, and if they are working on this stuff or they have mm-hmm. seen this stuff, they will have signed NDAs and and stuff. I had to work on this South Pole energy weapon earthquake creating base. Yeah, for air traffic control for exotic calls. They're gonna have NDAs. That's a, a true thing. That they're not yeah. breaking. So exotic vehicles to me reminds me of like um, Black Project Tech, hmm. like Skunk Works, Lockheed, well Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, those kind of things, rather than alien, for want of a better phrase, technology. Certainly nowadays, where we're talking NHI and and stuff, exotic tech. Like you have an exotic car, that's a super quick production car, a Ferrari or something like that. But a known technology. So I I don't know. It's we're living in interesting times, Ash. We really are. The and last couple of weeks and months just seem to be taking off a little bit. It's mental, <laughs> isn't it? It. If we're not getting close to something big coming out, like huge, I don't know wh- when in history we've ever been like this. Well, briefly on this Stephen Gray thing, he says that there is a clock being put on it and the, it's supposed to be resolved by the end of this year. Okay. Apparently, I was reading that on Twitter. Apparently, one of the comments that I made, apparently, supposed to get answers this year, but that's coming from Gray, so... He's asked for pro bono lawyers and stuff like that. So lawyers who prepare to work for nothing, uh, essentially, um, to help push and move towards disclosure from the government and, and stuff like that. So he's, is he becoming relevant again? I don't think he ever will be. He didn't look very well, bless him. He did look like he's seen better days. Right. Uh, and that was a few comments I was in there. He didn't look very well. Well, that was just a, an opinion of mine as well. He didn't look like his normal self from like uh, unacknowledged documentary. Yeah. But stressful times for a lot of people, I think. Mm. Cool. So, yeah, uh, very, a lot of information. Yeah. I just digest kind of as it's happening. And we haven't even talked yeah. about the Las Vegas incident yet. Maybe um, we'll save that for yeah we can next week. Save save that. And I think like a lot it was of this a stuff, meteor. Was it? And a fake video. So please, very quickly, there was camera footage of what appeared to be this object falling to the ground. It was just a meteor going across the sky. I've seen it loads of times here. But the rest of it I don't know about. But we'll uh, we'll discuss that. We'll discuss it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And I, I, as a footnote, we're just trying to digest this 
ourselves work it out. We could be completely off with our interpretations of what like David Grease has said and stuff and let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Your thoughts on our opinions. Tell us we're complete batshit wrong about it, whatever it might be. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, hope you enjoyed listening. Especially and extended version. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just trying to go through everything that's happening. Seems to be a lot yeah. of stuff happening to me, like you say, trying to just get through it. All. And I've not been here either. And I feel like we've just skimmed it, really. I don't feel like we've had a. I think we could have spoke for hours on this. So maybe we'll, we'll have to do an update in the coming weeks. Once it all settles again, so yeah. but yeah, cool, nice one, Ash. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Always. We shall see you all soon. Bye. Pursuit of the paranormal with Ash and Greg. <laughs>